on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. Now the pitch. Castanto left and deep. Hey, get up! Off the wall! Gone! For Keston Hero. That's how you start a three-game series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Keston Hira, the walk-off winner, his third career walk-off home run, and his second this season. He wasn't the only mega highlight late in this game. Garrett Mitchell, his first big league home run. What a moment in the final two innings of this game. The Brewers win 7-5 to in dramatic fashion. Wow, they needed it. I tweeted saying this was arguably the most important win of the season for the Brewers. If you care to chime in, agree or disagree, let us know. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, 855-616-1620. To join in the show, we got a lot to talk about here. I'm Dominic Catronio. The Brewers got themselves off the deck win this game 7-5, to five, and that, my friends, is a winning streak. Three in a row for the Brewers for the first time since July. The Brewers win three games in a row. A lot of texts to get to. A few of you have tweeted me as well, but the story of this game is that the Brewers prove they are a comeback team. They are never truly out of it because they have the ability to hit the long ball. The nine-hole hitter rookie, Hits a game-tying home run. And a guy who didn't even start the game had to come in for an injury replacement for Rowdy Telez hits the game winner. That is the sign of a deep team with the power. I mean, Garrett Mitchell is not a guy that you're going to be expecting a ton of home runs for. But he knew what the situation called for, gets the job done, 110 miles an hour off the bat to right center field. What a great moment for Garrett Mitchell to pick a spot for his first Big league home run. Heck, he just barely missed it earlier in the game in the sixth inning. Almost put one out to left center. That was tracked down by Brian Reynolds in front of the wall. There's some pop. There's some loud, as we said yesterday, electricity in his bat. There's some excitement there with Garrett Mitchell. And I tweeted this last week when he was called up on on Saturday that the Brewers just need something right now. They need a spark. And while a lot of us were expecting it to be Este Uri Ruiz... It's clearly Garrett Mitchell. You look at Sunday. He has the game, the go-ahead RBIs with a base hit up the middle. Mind you, that came with two strikes, by the way, doing what the situation calls for. The infield was back. He had to make sure he put that ball in play on the ground. And then tonight, he gets the job done. He also had a walk and the mad dash on the stolen base when he was picked off, showing off his wheels. That's the kind of spark and that new energy the Brewers need in the dog days of August, right? You get sick of each other this time of year. You've been through a lot of adversity this month. The trade obviously lingers around this ball club. But to have a guy that hasn't experienced any of that and gets to walk in wide-eyed and excited like, man, this is the big leagues. This is going to be so much fun. And he's playing like it's fun, not playing tight, not playing like the Brewers are on a losing streak or that they're still on the outside looking in on the playoff picture. A kid that just wants to play hard and play ball every single day he's at the yard. 
This is exactly the kind of energy the Brewers have needed to get things back going in the right direction for the Brew Crew. You can tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. We've got the text line again as well, 855-616-1620. You can even call that number, and we'll get you on the show here as well. Brewers win by a final of 7-5. to five. We're going to get an injury update in a little bit from Craig Council. We're going to hear from the man himself. We're going to talk about the uh, epic uh, base running by the Brewers in this game, some questionable sends and no sends by Jason Lane at third. He had a busy third inning in this game. We're going to talk about Corbin Burns' odd struggles and also praise some unsung heroes in this game too. But uh, we're also going to have Vinny Rotino join us in just a little bit. We're going to get to more of your calls and texts in just a little bit. We're just getting going. We'll be with you for a little over an hour until 12.30 tonight. A lot of baseball to talk about tonight. The Brewers win by a final of 7-5 to and plenty more to come on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Swing of the rocket to right center. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Garrett Mitchell! He just hit one out of here! That's when you know you've made it to the show. When Bob Euchre is calling your home runs. Congratulations to Garrett Mitchell. His first big league homer couldn't have come at a better time. It tied the game in the bottom of the eighth inning. Brewers win tonight 7-5. We're taking your calls. We're taking your texts. We're taking your tweets. 855-616-1620. Or tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio. Right now, Vinny Rotino is on the line joining the program. we got a few calls and texts to get to as well. But, Vinny, right when you're out, they pull you back in, right? This is what the Brewers do all season long. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they rattle off three wins in a row now against teams that they should beat. I think everyone was kind of disappointed after that first Cubs loss, and, and we were too. Uh, and they responded, right? And this is what a team has to do. They have to respond, and they're getting, they're getting some response, and they're getting help from, from getting a response from a couple of uh, players that are kind of we didn't expect, right? Obviously, Garrett Mitchell and then Keston Hira has been, has been really playing well and really getting some big hits as well. So um, you said it. They pull us back in. Now we're, now we're all of a sudden looking like uh, a playoff contender again, and, and um, we need some help, obviously. But they continue to play like this, Dom. I think they're going to get in. This is the kind of team that you feel like you're never out of it. You always have a chance. They also had some quality at-bats with runners in scoring position. They went four for six with runners in scoring position in this game, by the way. Just didn't give themselves a ton of opportunities, but got the job done when they had those chances. Want to get to the Accident Mortgage Talking text line right now. We have Mark in Glendale on the line, wants to participate in the show. Mark, you're on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You got it. You know, I, I could be wrong. I, you know, I followed baseball for a long, long time. And before Garrett Mitchell, it's hard for me to remember who the last player that came up through the system other than a pitcher like, a, I don't know, Ryan Braun or, or I don't know, a Prince somebody of a position player that has really made an impact, that they didn't acquire through a trade or free agency. Now, in my opinion, you know, you've got a small, the smallest demographic market in all of baseball. And I believe for about the last five years, they have made the playoffs, which is an accomplishment. Their attendance is they're in the top ten of all of baseball, which is an amazing accomplishment to begin with. But sooner or later, you know, I mean, the Colton Wong and the McCutcheons guys are 
you know, performing a little bit above maybe what you'd expect or kind of journeyman at the end of their careers. You know, what they needed to do, I thought, was sign maybe somebody in the Austin Freeze like a Kyle Schwarber or if they could have got somebody like an Ian Happ, a trade deadline, a bat, a big bopper, or maybe Eugenio Suarez when he left Cincinnati. Um, I don't know how far back they are of San Diego, I asked your screener, and, and Philadelphia. But, yeah, uh, it's exciting to see them in there. Um, and my other question for you was when Freddie Peralta was pulled Friday, you know, I don't know if he was on a pitch count, and I'm just curious as to how many pitches he had thrown that they didn't bring him back. Was there some indication that, you know, reason why they didn't bring him back? And I'm not a proponent of keeping him in there just to, you know, because he's got a no-hitter going. I understand that. And I understand, you know, he might be on a pitch count because he had been, you know, on the DL for so long. Um, but Yeah, that's exactly why, Mark, I right there. Because of the injured list history, 82 pitches, Craig Council said it was because of his body language. Yeah, body language. And also the fact is, Freddie was never going to finish that game. So you might as well pull him out of there. He's not going to finish right. a, a no-hitter in that in that situation. But getting back to the prospect stuff, Vinny, I mean, for me, you, were obviously, you obviously grew up here and you obviously understand it. For me, I, it has to go to Prince Fielder and Ryan Braun, position player-wise, right? Like in the mid-2000s, when those guys were coming up, you knew... They were going to be the future, and you know these guys were going to be it, and they were. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, so I actually thought of this the other day. I brought this up on the show the other day on the postgame show for Bally Sports Wisconsin. It, the last position player, really, that's coming up, come up through the, the Brewers organization has been Keston Hira, and that was in 2018. Before that, you have to go back to if you want to consider Scooter Jeanette. I mean, he was a 30-home run guy. Before that, it was Jonathan Lucroy. I mean, we're talking about decent swaths of time, few years in between these every one of these guys and then you have to go back to Braun Kane I guess you could consider that he came up through the Brewers system even though he was traded right after he got up to the, to the Brewers mm-hmm. but Low Kane was a guy but is Braun you know JJ Hardy Ricky Weeks Corey Hart and Prince Fielder I mean that's a short list um but but it, it's cyclical right and the Brewers are really good at developing pitching they're really good at developing starting pitching and so you got to take a look at you know what they've brought up and what they've grown in their system on the pitching side of things so that's been super impressive but yes we are now looking at the future from garrett mitchell uh on the position player side and there's more coming right there's four legitimate prospects i know Este uri has just came over in a trade but there's three homegrown guys that play center field including joey weimer sal freelich and then garrett mitchell we're seeing what he can do bryce terang is also down at AAA as well so he's a guy that's going to play in the middle of the diamond for the brewers in years to come so they're coming but but I agree with Mark. That was a great call. Very insightful uh, as to, you know, the position player group in the minor leagues has been lacking some. And to Mark's point, thanks again for the particip- participation, Mark, about not getting a bad, not getting Ian Happ. Well, the Brewers haven't made a trade with the Cubs since the early 2000s. That probably wasn't going to happen. Kyle Schwarber wasn't going to leave a playoff team like on the Phillies to come to another playoff contending team like like the Brewers. And I know you want to say, oh, well, what about Josh Hader? Look, it's different position players. That team is built on offense. But what I look at is this core, this minor league core, the Brewers feel strongly enough about these young guys that right now they're going to say, you know what, we're going to take our chances with these young guys. With the Garrett Mitchells, the Sal Freelix, the Joey Weimers, the Jackson Trurios, who was in the ballpark today. Mm. Whereas if you're making a trade, it might cost 
one of those guys, as opposed to a rental or a year and a half of somebody, the Brewers felt, you know what, we have more value coming, and if it takes uh, a lot of convincing and a lot of patience, we're okay with doing that. That's kind of the Brewers' approach. They're not going to sell the farm to just get a rental. They have really good evaluators, Dom, within the system that they can evaluate their own group of guys and they can say, okay, this guy, if, if the price is right, go ahead and, and use this guy as currency, this particular player as currency to get and bring in an already established major leaguer. But these guys here, here, and here, do not touch them. These guys are going to be players. These guys are going to, you know, these guys are going to uh, impact our team in the future, in the very near future. We have cheap control over these players. They're really, really good at doing that. So, um, you know, look, Look, Corbin Burns, I'm sure, was involved in trade discussions at some point, right? I mean, because, you know, he was an up-and-coming guy. You didn't know whether or not he was going to be a starter or a reliever, and the Brewers and the organization said, no, we're not trading this guy. It's going to cost you a lot if you do want to get this guy. So kudos to, to the Brewers system, the Brewers organization, the evaluators within the organization. That includes Matt Arnold, David Stearns, and all the, the people that they rely on for those evaluations to, to, to make sure that a Garrett Mitchell doesn't get lost in, the, in a trade. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're going to go back to the phone lines here. Javier from Milwaukee wants to talk a little Keston here. What do you have, Javier? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Vinny? Uh, good, good, to, good to hear you and uh, talk to you again. I'm sure you remember me, uh, Javier from Racine. Uh, right. I used to work with RBI Milwaukee. So uh, good, to, good to hear you again, buddy. Uh, yeah, thanks. I just wanted to give Keston Hira his shine in all, in all of the talk about Garrett Mitchell and all of the young guys coming up. And I think your, your excellent assessment of the front office and their skill set and their talent in identifying players, we sometimes forget, right? we got the hot, young, shiny thing in Garrett Mitchell and a lot of the young prospects, but we forget what happens with a lot of these guys when they actually get to the minor leagues is it takes a few years. And we, we've had this experience with Keston Hira where – the shine has worn off a little bit, right? We've seen him uh, hit near the Mendoza line. Uh, we've seen him not produce given the positional changes and the reluctance or, or, or lack of confidence in exactly where he was going to play defensively and how that may have played into his bat. And so I guess my question is for you guys and all, in, in all your expertise as you look down the stretch in the next month of the, of the Brewers season is what, what might you envision for Keston coming back? He's, the way he's been showing uh, his bat, not just in general in the month of August, but also in the club situations, right, shows to me a level of maturity and excitement that I want to get behind. And I, and I want to know, like, he's only had, what, 40 at-bats over the course of August? And so what might that mean for his playing time in September? Hey, maybe now's the time to buy on the Keston Gira stock after we've all kind of given up on him over the last couple of years. Maybe maybe he's that spark we need leading into the playoffs this year. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you got it, Javier. Well, I'll, I'll let you take this, Vinny, but let me give you the numbers here first. Since July 1st, and he had been sent down to AAA right before the start of the All-Star break, then came back on August 4th. So since July 1st in the big leagues, 22 games, 64 uh, at-bats, 297, 297 is the average. 375 is the on base, 688 is the slugging. That's a 1063 OPS, 10 singles, one double, and eight homers. Kesting Hero, what's his role going to be in September? How, how many how many punch outs? 
because that's the big number. Punch outs in 64 at bats. Okay, so so that's the big number. And Javier, yeah, good to hear from you again. Um, I definitely remember you. So um, good job with all your work with RBI. But it's um, that's the big number for Keston here. I mean, a 40 percent strikeout rate is 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 really not sustainable for consistent production. I don't think we're going to see a 40 percent strikeout rate, right? So last year it was just an ugly season. Throw that season away. I think he needed that season. He needed to really learn how to struggle at the big league level, go back down to AAA, figure it out. He actually made some pretty remarkable swing changes. It's it's a much flatter path. And I, it looks so – and I broke that down a couple of times on the show, on the, on, on the, the pre – the pre- and post-game show, but it looks like a simple adjustment. It's not. I mean, these guys are throwing such nasty stuff at these hitters, and, and to, to think that you have to change your swing path in order to get to some of these balls, it's remarkable that the changes he's made. Some of the changes look like they are there to stay. Um, he looks shorter and quicker to the ball. It looks like he's not swinging and missing as much. And so I think I, I, I don't think he's going to be a 40% strikeout guy. I think he's going to continue to strike out, you know, 20 25% north of that, actually, like 30%, which is right on the edge of not being able to sustain a major league career. But you see guys like Tyler O'Neill do the same thing. So it's he he is capable. This guy is a much better athlete than you think. He is super strong and, and quick. My goodness. For the ability to hit the ball as far as and hard as he can, he didn't even get that ball tonight. That that ball was actually down off the barrel just a little bit, and he still muscled it out of there. So I think I think the talent is off the charts. I think the strikeouts are where he's going to have to watch for. But you're going to you're going to see similar production as he has given since he's coming back. It, that's my opinion. I think this is this is a spark, just like Garrett Mitchell. These are like two guys that you don't think are going to help this team down the stretch, and they are going to help in a big way. I want to get to the text line real quick before we send it to break. Doug text saying, this team can make you old quick. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> How many times can they do this? Hopefully about 20. Keston Hira is literally saving their season. This is why. I love baseball. Thanks for the text, Doug. We've got a few more texts on here. We do got to talk about Corbin Burns because the last two starts haven't been great. We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Again, get your texts in. Get your calls in. The, the Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line is 855-616-1620. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. The pitch and Adamas, a line drive into right. That's down for a base hit. Mitchell will jog home. Yelich stops at second. It's an RBI single for Adamas, and the Brewers lead it one to nothing. Brewers got a little bit of something from just about everybody in the lineup today. The big swings, of course, by Mitchell and Hira. Brewers win seven to five in walk-off fashion over the Pirates in the opener of this three-game series. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. 620. Vinny Rotino is joining the show. I'm Dominic Catronio. We do have to come back down to reality a little bit here. And a few texts have come in asking about Corbin Burns. And another tough start for him. Now, you can easily chalk up the Dodgers as the reason why he struggled last week in Los Angeles. The Dodgers are really stinking good. Tonight, six innings, eight hits, which ties a season high in hits. Five runs, all earned, one walk, only five strikeouts, and two homers allowed, even two wild pitches for Burns on 102 pitches. What do you make of this mini slump that Corbin Burns is in right now, Vinny? 
Um, it looks like to me that the cutter is coming and going for him a little bit. I mean, you'll you'll see like flashes of him absolutely nailing spots with that cutter. The backdoor version of that pitch to the to to the left-handed hitters is absolutely unhittable. You saw him execute that a few times tonight, but then at other times it's just like just kind of like a, a, a non-pitch sometimes. It just flies out of his hand. It backs up on him. And you hear him talk about how finicky that pitch is, really, coming out of his hand and how he has to really focus on the process, a couple things. I, I, I don't know exactly what he does like mechanically to get him to execute that pitch, but it comes and goes at times. It's coming and going more lately in these last two outings. I think that out, that start in in la perhaps just felt like he was you know auditioning for the cy young award a little bit against tony gonsolin and so maybe that got to him just a tick and got him out of that process oriented mindset that he likes to get into in order to execute pitches i I just think that he's just going through a tiny little funk I i i think he'll be absolutely fine he'll get out of this a couple of texts referring to uh, Corbin Burns, one text asking, well, why does Craig Council always wait things out when pitchers are struggling? When Burns gave up three straight hits, someone should have been warming up. It's not like him to give up three straight hits and have a 3-0 count. The Brewers want to go to the playoffs. We can't afford to give up runs that could have been prevented. Well, those three straight hits came when there were still no runs on the board until that third hit by Jason DeLay in the fifth inning. And quite frankly, 3-0 count to O'Neill Cruz, it looked like the I'm going to pitch around you but not walk you type approach with, with O'Neill Cruz because he had already hit two balls over 112 miles an hour against him. And O'Neill Cruz loves the ball down, and he gave him a cutter down, and he was ready for it on the 3-1. And I tip my cap to O'Neill Cruz. He continues to torch the Brewers, and Corbin Burns thought he could beat him with a cutter, and I think he missed his spot personally. I think he wanted to go inside as opposed to middle down. Uh, but you can't have it both ways in that complaining that starters don't go long enough and not trust your Cy Young Award winner to get out of a little funk, especially, with all due respect, to the Pirates. You know, that's an opportunity. Hey, get back on track here. Let's see what you can do. And obviously, O'Neill Cruz said, to heck with that. I'm going to hit a ball 420 feet away. Yeah, when you, when you see Corbin Burns and when he does struggle, he's given up. 19 home runs this year. Uh, he gave up like eight all of last year. So, so when you see him struggle, all it comes down to is him leaving pitches out over the middle of the plate. That's when he gives up hard contact and, and home runs and, and barrels. And he's done that a, a few times now to, to O'Neill Cruz and to some of these Pirates hitters. And so, I, to your point, Dom, I, I think Council's Corbin Burns has earned the right to 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 try and figure out his how to execute a little bit better over the course of the game, and, and he has proven time and time again that he can do that. Sometimes he doesn't, and that's what you saw tonight, where he gave up a couple mistake homers. The multiple texts here asking, do you think fatigue has something to do with this, especially given how many close games and how many extra inning games the Brewers have been playing here in the month of August? Both Bob and another texter, Max and Madison asking, how do you find a way to give these guys a little bit of a breather here in the final month of the year? Yeah, I do think fatigue has something to do with it. I think you try and just, you know, maybe skip, not skip a start, but, you know, maybe you can insert a a different guy, a different day. Um, I do think they probably are looking into that. I mean, we saw we saw them, you know, uh, implement a six-man rotation last year. That was unprecedented, um, and so I do think that they're probably getting creative in terms of how to get these guys uh, fresh and stay fresh, uh, because it is going to be important down the stretch here.
Yeah, and uh, to to a couple of the questions here from from Max, would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree. I think another thing too is that the Brewers haven't been giving any breathing room for these starters too. Every game has been two right. to two, one to one. It's not like the starters are pitching poorly, but the razor thin margins for error have been catching up to them. So it feels like they're pitching a lot worse than they actually are. That's where the offense being stagnant is hurting the pitching staff because it's forcing every single inning to be high-stress innings and continue to wear these guys out sooner than you would anticipate. Yes, yeah, stressful innings are going to do a number on pitchers, right? And it's not necessarily what it does to their arms. It what it, it's what it does to them mentally. Um, you know, when you feel like you have to be perfect with every pitch, you're not going to be per- perfect with every pitch. So what's going to happen? You're going to give up walks. You're going to give up hard contact, and the mental strain that that puts on yourself as a pitcher, and really the entire defense, right? That puts a lot of pressure on everybody out there playing defense behind you. That you feel like you have to be perfect, and actually also puts pressure back onto the bats as well so you're going to feel pressure um on the bats so so it's cyclical it's you know comes full circle like that so um at the end of the day it is going to be good for them if they continue to win in those situations because that's what playoff baseball is going to feel like and look like but this just just real quick dom just this game was such a huge win because tomorrow you do have jason alexander going against mitch keller who's pitched pretty well um this year so this is a pesky pirates team and this was an absolutely enormous win to get this game one of the uh, of the series out of the way um especially since your ace was on the mound that would have been demoralizing if if Corbin Burns lost, then you go, you know, not not taking anything away from Jason Alexander. I think he's pitched well in his role, but then you have Jason Alexander going against one of the Pirates' better arms. So, uh, big win tonight. Let's uh, get you out of here on a brighter note. We've got a really cool caller on the line here. Just, I'm really excited about this. So before we let you go, Vinny, I want you to stay on for this. Uh, we have a caller on the line who was all over televisions today and was just down in the tunnel a little bit ago. Sean, who caught Garrett Mitchell's first ever big league home run, is on the line. Sean, first of all, we got to ask, what was the trade? How did it work out downstairs? Well, hello everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, everything went very smoothly. I- I'd like to think I was reasonable with my requests, and uh, they were met. Uh, all all I got, all I asked for was a. Uh, a nice baseball in exchange with an autograph on it, uh, with a nice little inscription that said, "Thanks for catching my home run," uh, and a bat, a Garrett Mitchell bat, and that was That's it. Awesome. I, I was more than happy with with that. That's bat. great. That is so great, Sean. Now, when you caught it, obviously you're a Brewer fan and you're aware. I mean, was it instant of like, "Oh my God, I just caught a kid's first big league home run ball"? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, a, a little bit. So. Uh, I, I've not to toot my own horn, but I, I've caught a few home runs out there, all over the ballpark actually. But uh, the the logistics, I guess that, that maybe that's the wrong word. But uh, I, I saw a lefty up. I thought, well, put the beer down, pick the glove up just in case. He hits, hits the ball, a little bit of backspin. I catch it, and right past my eyes, kind of poetically. I, I, I wish I wish there was a, a video of this somehow from my vision. But right behind my glove, as I stick it up in the air. I see the kid rounding first base, and I thought, goodness gracious, I just thought this guy's first home run. <laughs> That's that was awesome. That. That's that cool. Is. And then tell me about the moment uh, between innings. It was caught on camera as well. You just shouting to Garrett, whistling mm-hmm. at him, like, hey, I, I got your ball. Like, it, it was, was it just kind of like, did he yeah. recognize yeah, immediately yeah. that you, that's what you were trying to say? 
Yeah, I just want to let them know that, uh, hey, I got it. You're getting it back. No worries. I'll meet you by the dugout. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't speak sign language, but I think I did a pretty good job of letting them know because uh, that's what we did. That's awesome. Well, Sean, that's a heck of a moment for you, and it's all over Bally Sports Wisconsin's uh, Twitter page, and it's all over the archive. So uh, hopefully you get a copy of that, and congrats on the sign ball. Find a good spot for it, yeah? Well, absolutely, yeah. And, and while you're at it, give uh, give Tommy a raise. Tommy's the best producer that uh, that's in the radio game right now. So let, let Tommy know that he's uh, he's top dog, and I appreciate you all you guys, and, and I love the show. Awesome. Tommy Wirtz getting a shout-out back running the ones and twos right now. Well, Vinny, hope you had some fun here on the show. Sean, thanks for joining on here for a little while, too. And, Vinny, uh, this was a big one, like you said, but more to come tomorrow with Jason Alexander against Mitch Keller. Thanks for hopping on, my friend. Yeah, for sure. All right. Vinny Rotino joined us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to get to more of your texts, tweets, and calls as we roll on. The Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line is 855 616 one six twenty again eight five five six one six one six twenty text call tweet me as well at dom underscore catronio brewers extra innings rolls on on the home of the brewers wtmj two one pitch line drive down the right field line that's going to be extra bases all the way into the corner for renfro adamas jogging around third Telez being waved around third here's the throw from chavis to the plate it gets past delay now, Renfro trying to get into third, and he's in there safely. Lane Grindle on the call. That was the big double by Hunter Renfro that turned into three bases that also had some consequences with it. Rowdy Telez coming in to score from first base with a mad dash around the bases. Brewers win 7-5. to five. I'm Dominic Catronio. The Acunet Mortgage Talking text line is 855-616-1620 if you want to join in on the show. Uh, but a couple of quick notes about Rowdy Telez. The word from the clubhouse and from Craig Council says that he re-aggravated some knee inflammation. That is something he dealt with at the end of last season, if you remember correctly as well. Council says, I think it scared him more than anything. He will be day-to-day. So that's good news as far as it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything major for Rowdy. He doesn't. He didn't come up with a limp or anything like that. He, he just knew something was off. And I thought it was odd that he didn't slide at home on that play at the plate. Maybe that kind of told you there was something going on in that knee. Because remember, he, he got hurt in the no-hitter game against Cleveland last season. And he didn't return until that last series against the Dodgers. So the Brewers absolutely need a healthy Rowdy Telez in this order uh, and what he can do for the Brewers. Granted, shout-out to Keston Hira. He, if Rowdy doesn't get hurt, he doesn't get into the lineup. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Maybe Keston would have found another way to pinch hit in this contest. So that's the injury update when it comes to Rowdy Telez. He's considered day-to-day with the right knee discomfort slash re-aggravation of some inflammation. We'll see how long that could last for him. And in the middle of this stretch of 18 games in 17 days, today was day four, game number four. You're getting ready to head out west Thursday through Wednesday of this week, where you'll have four in Arizona, three in Colorado. So a little bit of a road trip. Mind you, this road trip coming up is the last two-city road trip of the season for the Brewers. Yeah, you heard me right. They have barely any road games after this road trip. They'll come back home for a series, uh, and then they'll get ready for two in St. Louis, and they'll also have uh, three more in Cincinnati. But aside from that, 
No more road games uh, other than those two one-off series coming up in September. So they're going to get to enjoy some home cooking here down the stretch. So that's the injury update when it comes to Roddy Telez. In a little bit, we're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, as well. The Brewers needed this one, to say the least. And there are some unsung heroes in this game I want to recognize as well. If you've got any unsung heroes, let us know, 855-616-1620, or my Twitter account, at Dom underscore Catronio. want to get to the text line, though, first. Tim, a Milwaukee native in San Francisco, asking, any idea of what Stearns and Council's thought process was in not making moves sooner, given how much they're obviously hurting at the bottom of the order? There's a few reasons for this. Number one... Uh, for Jace Peterson's injury, that impacted the team more than we maybe initially thought it would. He gives you a quality at bat. He gets on base. And he eases the burden on Luis Urias because Urias had to play literally every day. Remember when Urias was playing every day in April last year and that was weighing on him? He's someone that enjoys having that day or two off and trying to find a way to maybe come off the bench or be a defensive replacement. And you could see it starting to weigh on Luis Urias as he was slumping in the middle of August. So that's one thing that Jace Peterson's absent absence hurt. Number two, Victor Caratini's usage was really wearing on him. How much he was used and he was asked to uh, play. He's only missed... Tonight was only the third game he's actually had truly off in the entire month of August. So he is certainly feeling it right now. And the last thing is, well, Tyrone Taylor had to play the majority of the games because Jonathan Davis wasn't doing much offensively. And who knows how much Jonathan Davis was actually dealing with his elbow this whole time, which he was placed on the injured list at the start of uh, this past weekend to bring Garrett Mitchell to the big league. So that's a couple of factors that I think that maybe they were holding off on trying to see if they were going to bring somebody up. They also had to decide about the platoons. They made it clear they wanted to bring up Mitchell because he's left-handed, as opposed to bringing Ruiz and become a very right-handed heavy outfield. The only lefty in the outfield is Christian Yelich before Mitchell arrived. So that was part of the reason there, too. Uh, but thanks for the question there, Tim. As far as unsung heroes in this game, number one, Brent Suter. Happy birthday to Brent Suter. Two scoreless innings. He gets out of a couple of jams to keep the Brewers in this game, trailing by two, to set the stage for that epic eighth and ninth innings. And also, Omar Narvaez's nine-pitch walk with two outs in the eighth inning. Do not forget about that at-bat because the Brewers had nothing going against Dwayne Underwood Jr. Then he draws that great walk, and they go to the pitching change to go for the four-out save with Will Crow. And Garrett Mitchell made the Pirates pay with the two-run shot into right center field. Those are my two major unsung heroes in this game. Brent Suter and uh, also Omar Narvaez, specifically for that nine-pitch walk that he drew against Wayne Underwood Jr. to chase him from the game and bring in Will Crow. we got a lot more to get to. We're going to hear from Craig Council. We're going to get to some uh, highlights here in just a little bit as well. You can tweet me a few tweets. You know, the cookies are kind of sticking around right now on my uh, mentions. I kind of coined, maybe we should start calling Garrett Mitchell cookies because when he got called up, uh, and he missed the call on Friday night from his AAA manager, Rick Sweet. He was eating a chocolate chip cookie, according to uh, himself, when he arrived to the team on Saturday. He missed the call saying, you're going to the big leagues late at night on Friday night uh, because he was eating a cookie. So all the cookies in the world, I'm a Chips Ahoy kind of guy. So uh, shout out to that for Garrett Mitchell. I'm already loving the Garrett Mitchell era. What a game. That comes from Zach Anderson on Twitter. Uh, AZ Brewer Girl also joining in on the cookie memes as well. And Andrew Schroeder says, it feels like such a different offense with a locked-in Yelich, Keston 2.0, 
and Mitchell. Let's go with a lot of exclamation points on it. We're going to get into some more details. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, and get to some highlights. We are with you until the bottom of the hour, until 1230. we got a lot more to get to and a lot more to digest from this game. But up next, we're going to have news. And after the break, more of your calls and texts on Brewers Extra Innings. Now we toss it to Alex Crow. The pitch. Line drive into left field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Yelich being sent around third. Here's the throw to the plate, and Yelich is out. That was a big play in the moment because the previous at bat, the Brewers' third base coach Jason Lane didn't send it, uh, the the run around third. Garrett Mitchell. Uh, then he ended up scoring, of course, on the single, and they tried to score Yelich and didn't quite work out. But Nonetheless, the Brewers did score three in that third inning and got some mojo going in the right direction, part of their success with runners in scoring position tonight. Uh, The Brewers went four for six with runners in scoring position. They didn't do great with runners on overall, but when they got the guy in scoring position, they made it count, and of course the final four runs all scored via the home run. Brewers win seven to five, walk-off homer from Keston Hira. What a night for him, and also, of course, the first big league homer for Garrett Mitchell. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We want to hear from you. If you're still up hanging out with us, we'll be with you until the bottom of the hour, until 1230. Our show will be rolling on. Uh, right now, though, we got to talk about the man of the hour who's had a heck of the last two days. Garrett Mitchell gets the clutch two-run single yesterday, and tonight he gets the game-tying two-run homer to right center field. And his manager, Craig Council, was certainly gushing over his performance. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's just played really well, and he's played to to his game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if we're going to expect a ton of homers out of him, but he's hitting the ball hard and, and using his legs, and um, he's had two really good first first two games. He described his game as electric. I think when, before he even appeared in the game, did you feel like that's a really good description of how his last two games have been. Yeah, I mean, I think David said that too. And I, I mean, I think it's he's a player that he can do everything on the field. And I mean, he, and then and his tool set is um, is is really good. Um, that's why he's a first rounder, you know. Um, and um, he's a young player um, that's uh, obviously still learning how to play and getting his introduction to the big league level, but certainly talented enough to impact big league games like we've seen. Have you been impressed just with with his poise and just kind of how he's taken everything on the last couple of days? And- yeah, I mean, I think he's a confident kid, um, and I and I think that you know, in, in these situations, that that serves you well. Um, I don't think he's going to shy away from big big spots. I think that's that's just his personality. Uh, I think he believes he's a big leaguer, and um, you know, all the, all those traits I think serve you really well. Did he have to be pushed out there for that curtain call, or was he uh, was he on it? I don't know. I'm not. That's not my department. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keston gave you a, a pretty good reason to, uh, to to let him swing away instead of bunt there, huh? Um. Yeah. Afterwards, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, I think Keston's Keston's a good bunter, um, and, and so. Um, you know, he just he got squared around a little late to, on that pitch, but um, and then he then he hung in the bat and he fouled off some pitches and um, got a pitch he could hit. What did the outs say? Like, did you see where that ball hit? Did you have any question about whether that was had hit something behind the? Um, 
I thought it was a home run, but I, frankly, what I was concerned about was that it wasn't a home run and that they were going to place the runner at third base. That's the tricky part about those, right? I mean, that's where he, that's where he would have been. It's the umpire's judgment. Jimmy update on Rowdy. Yeah, um, he just uh, just a flare up of the the knee um, kind of tendonitis that he experienced last year. Um, he, he's he's walking around good, and I think it probably scared him more than anything. Um, so we're just we're day to day. Hopefully, he can be back in there soon. Craig, how about the couple innings there, Suter with the two scoreless, and then Devin Williams and the whole back? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, Suter's innings are big just to keep it there. Uh, made some good pitches um, to Chavez. I think that's that's a tough matchup, and he made some good pitches to him in the eighth, um, did an, or in the seventh, excuse me. And um, Devin had to make a, a whole bunch of good pitches really um, after after two guys getting on. But he made they, they gave him some tough at bats, and he made a bunch of good pitches. What did you think of Corbin today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just a little bit off. I mean, I think I think he started out the game really well. I think the ball was down and Cutter was Cutter was really good. Um, you know, we, we talk about look mistakes or pitches out over the plate with two men on and three run homers. Those are you know it's one swing of the bat that changes games, and and that was kind of the pitch that changed the game for him. With Cruz, Craig, season long, is this just a series of mistakes? Do you think, or is there something that you, you yeah, I mean, I, I, we're not, you know, I mean, I, I think it's fair to ask for sure. He's hit a bunch of homers against us. Um, he, he's he's going to hit a bunch of homers, and, and we've made mistakes to him. You have a new uh, bullpen signal for, for Suter now? Was, was the bullpen, was the phone down? Phone, yeah, the phone was down, yeah. Just temporarily? Or was it down all night? Why, you didn't like my decisions? <laughs> I didn't. No, that's 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 the sign with Suter's uh, vehicle. <laughs> I loved that moment as talking about. Yeah, we caught that on saw that on television. That every time the counts would go to the phone and just be kind of like frustrated, then he would hang it up, and then we look out to the bullpen and they have a walkie-talkie and then finally they cut back to the dugout and we just see Craig Council's arms out outstretched like a raptor saying I want Suter get get Suter up <laughs> I thought that was hilarious and he just put it yeah I mean that's his signal that's that's the bat signal that's the raptor signal and uh, what almost a vulture win again for the raptor Brent Suter he gets a, a no decision of course but Devin Williams gets the win but again happy birthday Brent Suter he has been low-key a very important pitcher here down the stretch especially in these types of roles while the Brewers are losing he's keeping it at two for multiple innings I mean the dude throws 88 it looks funky you don't know where uh you know you don't know where the ball is coming out of like it looks like it's coming from literally behind his cap as he throws it straight over the top so happy 33rd birthday to Brent Suter uh, as of uh, 11 minutes ago, uh, because, uh, well, now it's the 30th. So, uh, happy belated birthday, I guess, technically, to the Raptor, Brent Suter. Great work from him. Devin Williams gets the win. It got stressful there, to be fair. It got stressful in that top of the ninth inning. A leadoff walk to the nine hitter is never how you want to start off that situation. And with the uh, top of the lineup lurking of O'Neal Cruz, 
Brian Reynolds, who, of course, the last time the Brewers saw Reynolds, and specifically Williams, was the walk-off home run at Pittsburgh at the start of this month. He ends up hitting him with the 2-1 count. He just was not comfortable giving him a fastball. Then uh, you saw Ben Gamble pop out, and ultimately on a great battle with Michael Chavis, he gets him to strike out on his patented changeup. It comes on the eighth pitch of the at-bat. Michael Chavis, in his career now against Devin Williams, is 0-3 with three strikeouts. Devin needed that to get back on track. And Willie Adamas in the bottom of the ninth, man, he got burned again on a bad first-pitch strike call. How many times is this dude going to get burned in clutch situations? Every time it seems like the zone expands... Just for Willie, when you know he's about to do something big. But he sh- he just shrugged it off his shoulders and knocked the base hit up the middle. One thing I love about Willie, and I think young players can take note about this, or young coaches who are admiring Willie Adamas and seeing what he does. What The way he does it, he's never going to argue with an umpire. You're never going to see him get in the face of somebody. He's going to respectfully disagree, have a calm conversation. You never see him get animated. It- it's very cordial. It's really like, hey, where'd you have that? I had that down. You really sure that was down? I just want you to know that that was down. Okay, like when you see it, so I understand it's a strike now, but hey, that was down. Let's not do it again. And then a single up the middle. It didn't end up hurting Willie, thank goodness. And then, to heck with bunting. No one wants to bunt. Keston Hero was bunting to start off the at-bat, as you heard uh, Craig Council talk about there for a second. Was bunting and he fouled off the first pitch. He was a great bunter in college, mind you, uh, at UC Irvine. But then, uh, ultimately... Hits the home run on a 1-2 pitch. <laughs> man, baseball, man. It, it just exists to mess with you. What a great game for the Brewers. 7-5, they walk off the Pirates. We're going to relive it, ne- relive it next with the highlights coming up on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get here, Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Well, the Brewers got a walk-off win 7-5, to but that doesn't even begin to tell you the dramatic arc that this game took tonight. The opener of a three-game series with the Pittsburgh Pirates had Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers. And a late addition for the Pirates, Bryce Wilson, getting the start after JT Brubaker was moved because he was placed on the paternity list. So congratulations to the Brubaker family. But it was Bryce Wilson against Corbin Burns. And, well, Corbin Burns started off exactly as you would expect against the Pirates, rebounding after a tough outing at the start anyway against the Dodgers. He retired nine of the first 11 batters that he faced. He had three strikeouts in the first three innings of action. Now we move to the bottom of the third inning. First man was retired in Omar Narvaez, and Garrett Mitchell draws a walk, but he sparked things when he stole second base despite being picked off. So he takes second with his speed. He's aboard for Christian Yelich, and he continued his hot-hitting ways. The pitch, and Adamas, a line drive into right. That's down for a base hit. Mitchell will jog home. Yelich stops at second. It's an RBI single for Adamas, and the Brewers lead it one to nothing. Got ahead of myself there. Of course, Christian Yelich had a single then. Willie Adamas had the RBI single to bring home the game's first run. The next batter was Rowdy Telez. He managed a single into left field. They decided to send Christian Yelich around third, and Jason Lane's gamble did not pay off. Yelich was thrown out at the plate for the second out of the inning. Now we move along to the next batter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro ahead in the count with a 2-1 and one count, trying to find a way to get something going. He's even facing a shift at this point with three infielders to the left of second base, and he made the Pirates pay with their defense. 2-1 pitch. 
Line drive down the right field line. That's going to be extra bases all the way into the corner for Renfro. Adamas jogging around third. Telez being waved around third. Here's the throw from Chavis to the plate. It gets past delay. Now Renfro trying to get into third, and he's in there safely. It makes it 3-0 Brewers after all the chaos, but Rowdy Telez was actually injured on that play. He did not return to the game in what the Brewers called right knee discomfort. Craig Council calls him day-to-day at this point. So the Brewers lead 3-0. They're feeling pretty good. And then Corbin Burns back to work in the fourth. Another zero on the board there. But we go to the fifth inning, and things started inauspiciously for the Pirates. They got three consecutive singles from the bottom of their order to produce the first run of the game. So they're trailing by a score of 3-1. to O'Neill Cruz, who has been an absolute harbinger of bad news for the Brewers, he did it again against Corbin Burns. Here it is. Swing and a rocket to right, and Pittsburgh is going to have the lead. Told you just a moment ago, that guy's got some power, and uh, the Pirates are liking him. It is absolutely remarkable what he has been doing this season against the Brewers versus what he's been doing against everybody else. It's sixth home run against the Brewers this year. He's only got 11 on the season. What a day for O'Neill Cruz. So that flips the scoreboard. It's suddenly the Brewers trailing by a score of 4-3. to three. They got some traffic on in the bottom of the fifth inning, but they failed to cash in with the bases loaded and two outs. Luis Urias ended up grounding out as a pinch hitter to short to end that threat. Rodolfo Castro added a solo homer as well off Burns to make it two, two home runs off of Corbin for only the fourth time this season and the second time that's happened against the Pirates. So the Brewers trailing by a score of 5-3. to three. We move now to the bottom of the eighth inning. First two batters are out. A strikeout looking by McCutcheon and a flyout by Urias. Omar Narvaez worked the plate appearance of the game. A nine-pitch walk to chase Dwayne Underwood Jr. The Pirates decided to go to their closer, Will Crow, for the four-out save. Garrett Mitchell, the rookie at the plate. Have yourself a moment. Swing and a rocket to right center. Get up! His first big league homer, as called by Bob Euchre, tied the game at five. We go to the ninth. Devin Williams escapes a jam with runners on first and second. He gets a pair of strikeouts, including the K on Michael Chavis, to give the Brewers the chance to win it. In the bottom of the ninth inning, a leadoff single by Willie Adamas. And then Keston here initially was trying to bunt. To heck with bunting. With a one and two count, he did what he does best. Now the pitch. Keston to left and deep. Hey, get up! Off the wall! Gone! For Keston Hira. And the Brewers have won this game on a walk-off two-run shot by Keston Hira. 7-5 the final. They hit off the very top of the yellow line. Kicked up. Hit the side metal paneling. It's a home run. They reviewed it to make sure of it. His third career walk-off home run. Keston Hero wins it for the Brew Crew. The Young Guns get it done. Garrett Mitchell tying into the eighth. And Hero winning it in the ninth. Brewers needed that one. They improved their record to 68-59. and 59. As for the Pirates, they fall to 48-80. and 80. However, not everything was roses today as far as the out-of-town scoreboard goes. We'll look at the playoff picture next 
on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers win, dramatic fashion, exhale, but now back to reality. Not much time for the Brewers to continue to make up ground, but all that matters is winning. Doesn't matter how you do it, doesn't matter by how many, did you win? It is a yes or no question. And tonight, the answer was yes. So 68 and 59 now on the season for the Brew Crew. They only have a total of, uh, let's see, math in my head, five. That's another 35 games to go now for the Brewers. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. Looking at the out-of-town scoreboard right now, the Phillies lost a wacky one. And it's good news and bad news. The good news is, is that the Phillies lost. They are still well ahead of the Brewers in the wild card standings. But, hey, you will take games that you can gain on somebody. Uh, the Phillies are going to end up being a game and a half up on San Diego and uh, two and a half games up on the Brewers for that second wild card spot, which is essentially three games up. But the bad news is, is they lose the wild one to the Diamondbacks. The Phillies were up 7 nothing in that game and then allowed 13 unanswered runs to score. The Diamondbacks win 13-7. to And out in San Francisco, the Padres are leading the Giants by a 6-2 to score right now. Uh, remains to be seeing what they do with their bullpen. I don't think Josh Hader is going to be pitching in that game. They've used Garrett Clevenger uh, and uh, Adrian Morahone in that game so far. So it looks like the Brewers aren't going to gain any ground on the Padres, but more importantly, they're not going to lose any ground. They will remain a game and a half back, essentially two games back of the Padres. And oh, by the way, the Cardinals stomped the Cardinal, the, the Reds today, 13-4. to Albert hit number 694, and he set a record in the process. His 450th different pitcher he's hit a home run off of for Albert Pujols. That breaks the tie he had with Barry Bond. So uh, he continues to stretch closer and closer to 700, and the Brewers have four more games head-to-head with the machine, Albert Pujols, coming up this season. Well, this was a fun one. The Brewers win 7-5, to but the work and the job is not yet finished. Jason Alexander will get the ball tomorrow. Same time, same place, 7-10 first pitch. Our coverage begins with Brewers warm-up at 6 o'clock with Greg Matzik. He'll be countered by Mitch Keller, another right-handed pitcher for the Pirates. And then the finale on Wednesday will have Freddie Peralta getting the ball. Currently listed as TBA for the Pirates. That could be... JT Brubaker, if he is back from the paternity list. That game is at 110 on Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow with Brewers extra innings as well after the contest with yours truly. Hope you can join us then as well. Uh, this has been a fun one. Thanks to everybody who participated. Thanks to Sean who called in after getting the uh, awesome home run ball from Garrett Mitchell. And thanks to Tommy Wirtz back in our studios running the ones and twos. I'm Dominic Catronio. Until next time. Keep on swinging.